0: Hi there, this is the A Lot To Say podcast, a conversation-based project focused on unconventional career paths and the projects that consume us. I'm your host, Gary Williams, or Gaz as many call me, and A Lot To Say is part of the Alts Project's family of content, uh, obsessing about the overlap between creativity, technology and culture. I'm fortunate to spend my days working alongside technologists, artists, researchers and people who just generally give a damn about the world we live in. And I'm very lucky to be able to hear of some incredible career journeys over that time from some really inspiring people. I can't wait for you to hopefully discover some new and lesser known stories about the things people get wrapped up in and what led them to this point. This is A Lot To Say. Welcome to A Lot To Say. This chat is with uh, the incredible Emily Ullman, uh, someone I've admired from sort of afar for a while now, even though we have many mutual mates not too far removed. She's a multi-talented venue booker, festival programmer, producer, publicist, teacher, musician, and a highly respected contributor to the local music industry of Australia. We chat about plenty in this convo. We certainly hone in on her role as creator and managing director of the phenomenal Isolade award-winning online music festival, uh, which has hosted hundreds and hundreds of musical acts throughout the time that uh, home lockdown became all of a sudden a a common normal thing in our lives, I guess. Uh, Emily was recently named a finalist in the 2021 Australian Women in Music Awards for creative leadership due to her work with Isolate, and it's so well-deserved. So without further ado, here's Emily Ullman as part of A Lot To Say. All right. um, My absolute pleasure to welcome um, Emily Ullman here today. Em, how are you going? Thank you very much for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be speaking to you.
0: Well, you you know, when I was putting together um, the A Lot to Say podcast, like you 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 were definitely always on my radar and and definitely on my list and um, especially for what you've created with Isolate, you know, since last year when obviously around that sort of um, beginnings of pandemic time. But, look, I really want to dive into that. But before that, I might dive into the hardest hitting question first, tell me about your feelings for the Western Bulldogs Football Club.
1: Oh, my God, Gaz, you really know how to make me feel comfortable. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy right now. This has taken a very pleasant, unexpected turn. I could talk about the Bulldogs for how long do we have, 45 minutes to an hour?
0: Yeah, so- look, and I'm, I'm happy to do this as a two-parter, so you just, oh. you just take it where you need to.
1: Nothing... <laughs> makes me happier than thinking about my beloved Bulldogs. I'm one of those kinds of like rosy eyed, rose tinted glasses, kind of one eyed Bulldogs do no wrong, kind of even when we're struggling, even when, you know, we're obviously doing well this year, 2021. It's been a pretty, um, pretty great year being a Bulldog supporter. But, um, Oh, I just, it's funny, like being so immersed in music and the music community, for me it's just, it's like, it's a a psychological release, it's a a visceral, physical release. Well, obviously not so much this year. I've been to a few games, but not as many as I like. But generally speaking, you'll see me every weekend at a game losing my tiny mind, yelling. (laughs) I have a series of photos of people, mainly kids, uh, blocking their ears around me because I just... It's my, like, it's my kind of uh, religious moment where I get to just let it all out and, um, yeah, just, yeah.
0: A bit of catharsis or or something. um...
1: Yeah, it's exactly that. So I don't know. I'm also way too superstitious to say anything predictive about our season. You know, obviously, um, you know, we had a loss on the weekend and um, and, you know. Josh Bruce went down with an ACL, which was really heartbreaking. So yeah. um, who knows?
0: Um, you know, I didn't put it on the run sheet. I just couldn't resist, though, because, um, you know, it's it's quite apparent from, um, it, you know, when you're sort of promoting or, or sort of, um, sorry, um, posting throughout your social media channels. But, yeah, I think there's there's something sort of nice, and obviously it's not excuse, exclusive just to Melbourne, but there's something nice about that um, that feeling of sort of, Footy mixed with live um, music pubs. I've, I've sort of um, been immersed in it myself, and quite a few pubs sort of really um, will sort of promote that aspect, those sort of like dual, dual um, coming together or rituals type thing.
1: Oh, totally. There's pub footy, which I'm a part of. I, I, um, well, theoretically, I play for the Oba Unicorns. Um, so there's an incredible community there of, of pubs and, and um, footy teams. But there's also a gig that I organise annually. It's happening next month. We, I host it um, on grand final week and it's called For the Jumper. And basically yep. I uh, organise each... AFL team has a band, and each band is made up of um, performers who support that actual footy footy team, and they play the footy club song and a song that relates to the to the season of that team that year. So, and it's played in order of the the ladder. So, the the bottom of the ladder plays first. And it's the most incredible gig. It's just this coming together. I think there really is something kind of quite lovely between the music community and and the footy footy worlds.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, where, where do you um, normally curate or put on this um, this gig?
1: Well, uh, historically it was at the Gasometer Hotel, but this year we're moving it to the Brunswick Ballroom in Brunswick, there on Sydney Road. So um, yeah, cool. that is. Going to be a lot of fun, and I, I don't know restrictions, you know, permitting. It'll be full, and everyone wears their colors and gets really rowdy, and it's just a lot of fun. We have like an MC, and because it's before the grand final, and we don't know obviously who's going to win that ahead of time, we flip yeah. a coin to see which band is going to play last, and um, it's a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> um, and and look, I you know I don't want to jinx it, but obviously you've got a fair chance of um your team being in it, but. Um, again, you know, won't sort of drone on about, um, football, but obviously, um, I think you'd be probably happy for me to do so though. Um, in reality, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But you know, is this in the family? Because the reason I'm, um, sort of, you know, liking to discuss it with you is, um, more tying into, you you know, the the passions that people sort of uh, feel sort of surrounding their lives. And um, it's obviously a big one of yours, as it is mine and and my wife's. And, um, yeah, I really wanted to ask you about it and whether it was sort of a a thing that's a collective shared experience with your wider family. Um, Did you grow up in Footscray? Is it, or what are the sort of the factors leading to this sort of, I guess, rabid support for for the (laughs) Bulldogs?
1: Actually, no. It um, it's well, I you know, I my dad is very passionate. He's a Collingwood supporter, um, and my mum is a Carlton supporter. So in my mind, I'm sort of I feel very lucky to have been born at all with such rivalry between the two. <laughs> um, yeah. But I have three sisters who do not follow at all. Well, they follow the Bulldogs just to see what mood I'm going to be in. But um. Not really. I've just always been crazy about sport and I was pretty athletic as a kid and I just, you know, I would camp out on the couch to watch the Olympics and watch cricket. I still, you know, I still do all of these things. I'm not, it's not just football. I'm actually pretty sports crazy um and I think like yeah. I think partly it is because I'm so immersed in music like I, I'm a musician first and foremost but I'm so immersed in the industry 24-7 that it is just something completely separate that I can just it's my escape and that um yeah it's just a different focus and it's just a bit of a a why you know a switch off for my brain for that time
0: yeah 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 I'll, look up um, I yeah, I, I, it's it's a passion of mine as well, but um, I think also, I mean, we'll sort of make a sort of a U turn into, or you know, steer into sort of some of the things we were going to discuss today, and predominantly isolate and and a lot of your experience um in the music industry, but also I guess uh you know an element of sort of I guess sports in general, whether concentrated on AFL or others, um, have provided a um a welcome distraction, I guess, during the last sort of what's become, you know, sort of the better part of two years where, you know, life's changed significantly. So um, I would love to sort of dive into, I guess, the the music industry aspects now. Maybe we'll start with um, talking about the Isolate project to begin and then yeah. we'll, we'll branch off from there in a number of factors, um, as I alluded to, but I, I've got a bunch to cover, including TikTok and gig bookings and, um, <laughs> you know, and your your perspectives on the music industry as it stands at this time, of course.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: So isolate. Let's um let's kick into it. When did you when did you begin and then what was it born from?
1: So as you alluded to before, like it was very, very early on in the pandemic. Um, our first ever iteration of the festival was March 21 and March 22, uh, 2020. So Pretty much, uh, lockdown had just been announced, and uh, I was programming. I still am programmer of Brunswick Music Festival, and so the second half of the festival program was cancelled, um, and everything around us, I suppose, was being cancelled. You know, venues were closing, tours were being cancelled. Um, it was just sort of this utter sense of despair and uncertainty and fear and you know I can only speak for the music community but you know I'm, I'm you know pretty confident that it was ubiquitous but just this complete and utter kind of sense of bewilderment and you know what does this mean and how long is this going to go for and so pretty much just a friend and I just kind of got to work and just decided that we wanted to um, put on a weekend show, it, was, it the first sort of month or so were 24 hours. There were 12 hours, midday to midnight on Saturday and midday to midnight on the Sunday and 20-minute sets by artists performing live to their Instagram accounts and then the artists would tag team and the next artist would perform. So people essentially would log on to Instagram and follow along the program. And um, the idea back then really was... I suppose, to connect artists and fans and then also we were really wanting to raise money for Support Act, which if some people aren't aware, Support Act is Australia's only not-for-profit organisation that raises money for musicians but also music workers, so people who work behind the scenes in, you know, lighting or tech or riggers or, um, you know, all the people that make the music industry tick basically, and they they work tirelessly, and there there are twenty four hour support lines. They assist with, you know, financial um, support for paying rent and whatnot. But also they have psychologists and can help with um, people struggling with mental health. And they're just invaluable and just so such a precious commodity for the and resource for the music community. So yeah, so back then yeah. we really wanted to raise awareness and money for Support Act and also. Um, yeah, just give um, people, you know, a sense of community and, you know, and and fun basically, and just a bit of time out from the the stress and the pressure of the pandemic.
0: Yeah, it was um certainly was stressful, wasn't it? Like the beginning, it continues to be so, but um but certainly those those initial um days were, uh yeah, collectively the strangest some of the strangest we've experienced. I would love to know about, I guess um creating this or curating it putting it into effect um you know what what was sort of the beginnings i guess of of you sort of taking agency or ownership of um starting to deliver this was this a was this sort of a um a hive mind conversation and uh, with with number of people jumping in and you decided that you had the resources to make it happen or were people asking you to deliver something on their behalf uh, what were the sort of the germs of the idea and how did you put it into effect
1: well yeah a friend of mine um merpaya who's a fabulous performance songwriter in her own right she her um single launch tour had just been cancelled and and my um, and the Brunswick Music Festival program, had the second half had been cancelled and we were actually working together at a streaming venue. I was programming and she was doing sort of the publicity and marketing and so um, we were quite familiar with streaming but also, you know, working closely with one another and so the idea was just really born out of a conversation. We were just sort of fleshed out. A bit about how it would work and what it would look like and it was only ever really supposed to be a one-off it was supposed to just be that one weekend we would you know raise money people would perform um you know fans would tune in and that would be that but very quickly well really immediately I suppose that um you know it was just apparent straight away that There was just this incredible sense of community. All the comments in the chat while people were playing um, were just so elated and just so happy and the musicians were loving it and there's just this really lovely interaction between the fans and the artists. Like there's this direct kind of line of engagement where, um, you know, people were asking questions and it was like this real, like, feeling of actually being at a festival when people were making lots of jokes and comments about, you know, being at a festival and, like, can I get you anything from the bar and, you know, I'm going back to my tent to get a jumper and, um, you know, got my gum boots on, just really kind of um, just this sense of being together and because I think, like, a big part of it is just that Australians identify so much but, you know, by, by, you know, just by being music lovers and music livers, they identify so strongly as, as music, um, you know, consumers and what they're yeah. listening to, you know, what gigs they're going to, festivals, like we have such a strong, healthy music scene here from our venues to our community radio to, to um, street press, like on and on We just... Um, it's just so entrenched and in part of every single part of our lives, I feel. So um Yeah. Yeah. So it's just sort of and I think like that kind of moment of uncertainty when the pandemic hit and everything was being closed, like it automatically you're just sort of like your whole identity and everything was kind of um thrown into confusion and doubt. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And especially here, not not um not for the purposes of just uh, simply focusing only on Melbourne, but we have a, a or or we had previously um, a bit of a significant, I guess, you know, nighttime economy where, it, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't unforeseeable that you could go see a gig every every day of the week, basically all across town, and and sort of um, happily roam from one to another, um, and have that as a consistent part of life. So yeah, I guess um, you know, for me, seeing Isolate pop up, yeah, it was a little element of you know embracing the absurdity, but it um, created this really warm feel um, in terms of h- how you've cur- curated and the types of people who were getting involved and really getting into it. Um, that's what I took from it, and you know, certainly enjoyed sort of, you know, just recognising that this was, you know, something to find a lot of comfort in. Yeah. And I'm sure friends have expressed the same, or friends or peers have expressed the same to you.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you've touched on something really nice there. And I think, you know, as you said, that it's it's Australian, you know, it's an Australian identity thing. It's not just Victorian or Melbourne. And, you know, we're really... um sort of conscious that uh, Isolate was for the whole community and, and, in fact, like the tagline on every single piece of artwork um, that we present, that at the top it always says presented by the Australian music community or the Australian music community presents because I really wanted it to be this sense of, um, you know, of belonging for everybody. So, we, you know, I've had, um, you know, uh, venues curate, I've had... Um, you know, promoters, management companies, booking agencies, we've had, you know, celebrated record store days where um, artists perform from record stores, Uh, rehearsal rooms, like I really wanted it to be as representative um, and inclusive of the whole music community and really like we're promoting the artists and the community not the festival itself which has been really important yeah and so that's why the artists perform from their own handles because a few times I've been asked like why wouldn't they play from the isolate account it would be so much easier for people to follow but in fact that would promote the festival which you know is not really what the ethos or what the yeah the impetus is.
0: It's a really um yeah, it's a it's a really interesting approach um you've taken and it's sort of um obviously for uh some people that only have sort of I I guess a commercial mind first and foremost, um, as opposed to I guess some elements of that um sort of community engagement or or community curation. So you've taken that that approach um first and foremost as opposed to the opposite?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like that sort of yeah sense of community and community engagement and everything. That's exactly, that's the whole kind of premise of what Isolate is about. And I suppose like, you know, alongside that comes, you know, messages of, of looking after each other and positive mental health. And we've partnered with various um, mental health organizations and Origin and, um, you know, and just like the messaging of, of looking after each other and checking in on your mates and um, going the distance together. And if you haven't heard from, someone for a while to make sure you're checking in on them and um yeah i think like that sort of messaging has been um really important and something that i've really sort of pushed and quite overtly as well there's sort of been um yeah partnering with TAC which uh, with Vanessa sorry which is the um youth arm of the TAC and just you know those literal messages of of going the distance together and um yeah and getting that messaging out just to you know that this is a scary time and that but you know you're not alone and and we've got this together,
0: yeah, oh, for sure, you know throughout the um duration i mean with the this podcast, you know this is being sort of relaunched um in its sort of second phase. And when it was kicked off last year, I mean, there's been a few guests involved that, that have been a part of Isolate in some way, shape, or form. Um, Tim Sheel being one of them, who's, who sort of performed as part of the the, the extensive roster. But um, some of the conversations were definitely uh, from a a time a while ago. It feels like ages ago. It's not actually that far, but um, we're being stuck in this crazy time warp that it sort of um, – it's hard to sort of, you know, quantify time, but a lot of the discussions from these episodes that were recorded around, you know, sort of mid-2020 were sort of centred around the fact that, you know, at the beginning of 2020, we had extensive bushfires in Australia. Um, The artist community um, across music and, and beyond, you know, really dug deep to, you know, for sort of, in um, altruistic ways to raise funds for people that were needing it. And then the um the the bitter irony was that they were sort of the first one shut down and have continued to be so. Um I I I've brought up that point because I would as we go back into the isolate project, I'd love to hear from you in terms of your friends and peers and people you are regularly liaising with that um you know have ta- have had their livelihoods taken away from them in terms of the the touring and the performing um what the sentiment is like at this point in time you know sort of midway through 2021
1: yeah um firstly i love tim sheel what a guy um not only yeah. did he perform but he curated one of our um festival lineups with his incredible label um spirit level yeah. um uh so It's just really tough. Like, as you said, we were, you know, one of the first industries to be shut down and will likely be one of the last to reopen fully. Um, You know, there's this sense and sentiment that the government sort of um, preferences sport over the arts. Um, You know, venues are constantly being um, uh, just... They're just struggling with capacities and what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do and, you know, it's just really tricky when you see sort of thousands of people at sporting events, um, uh, you know, which I've obviously been part of, um, you know, and they're not allowed to go and see live music um, and there's that and then there's, you know, the this sense of this constant um, rescheduling, cancelling and some of my friends have had sort of five or six cancellations and reschedulings of the same show and it's just sort of like this absolute sense of um, uh, just this constant, uns- you know, just, it's just defeating. It's just defeating. really yeah. hard to, um, to stay positive and uh, like, yeah, and, and lots of musicians work in retail and hospitality and obviously those, um, you know, those industries are also, closed and open and closed and open and and there isn't just there isn't a lot of financial support out there for the community and it's just it's just tough it's just really like every single conversation i'm having is just it's just really hard and it's this collective sense of of despair and um and just a little bit defeated i suppose it's just really, Mm. really brutal
0: yeah, and uh, whilst, um, you know, whilst I, you know, it's, they're sort of difficult, um, you know, things to hear from many people, but I think it's, you know, a little out of sight, out of mind, apart from, you know, some some press from people, you know, lobbying to have live venues opened up. But I think it's important, even though it um, is obviously a despondent time and continues to be so um, for, for many artists and, and punters alike. Like, it is sort of. I guess important to to raise the topic and just sort of hear from people who are immersed yeah. in that um, experience, and and obviously performers themselves, just to hear their opinion and hear the um, the voice of people uh, affected in in this manner relating to you know performing yeah. arts.
1: Well, it's just a bit short sighted because there are you know there are sporting bubbles, there are all these you know these. Um, sort of allowances for various industries, particularly for sport, you know, and why aren't there these artistic bubbles where performers can get together, bands can rehearse and and record? Um, There just aren't these same measures that are put in place that would, you know, allow artistic communities to continue on with their practice and, you know, be able to work and, you know, not necessarily even perform live, which would be you know, another incredible step if that were to be possible in similar ways that sporting events can still occur. But, you know, even the rehearsal, the writing, the recording, you know, just those, um, yeah, just artistic bubbles, I suppose, would just be like, you know, a small measure, just an extension of of support for the artistic and cultural community because we add so much. Like what are people doing in lockdown? They're listening to music, they're, you know, Mm. watching... I don't know, comedy, theatre, whatever, that, you know, the arts kind of keep us alive and thriving and I just, um, and we add, you know, it's not just sort of cultural, um, you know, benefit that, you know, we add, there's the, you know, there's cultural capital, there's the financial, um, you know, addition that we add to to the society um I'm not articulating this very well but you know what I mean no
0: no you are no you so, are it makes perfect sense um,
1: yeah I just sort of feel like it's just it's we're just overlooked and I think like you know we're not valued um and and it's really it's heartbreaking and it's ultimately not not good enough
0: mm. I uh, on that topic of support so um again you know I've asked you before about setting up isolate and, and beginning that journey and sort of i guess some of the steps or the operational steps i guess to to make it a reality but you're talking about um i guess the support for musicians both friends and peers um that you're you're mentioning but um but you yourself on the on the isolate side i should say um have a support the artists initiative that people can donate to and sort of I guess you're you're advocating for you know this element that you know this you know music is permeating through our lives and even more so in these sort of times. Um how has that sort of been um responded to or sort of uh, as you put that initiative into effect um on the on the website I'm I'm talking Yeah.
1: About? So for many, many months, for probably about six months, um, I was encouraging and, and directing people to donate to Support Act, the organisation that I mentioned before. Um, yeah. And then sort of in conversation with both Support Act and the government, it sort of was brought to my attention that it might actually benefit um, musicians if we directed the donations directly to the musicians who were performing that weekend um, and in, in that way sort of giving them uh, this you know an opportunity to earn some money and you know potentially not needing the resources and the support of you know support act i suppose um so it just made a lot of sense to start to move those donations and redirect people to donate directly to the artists that were performing each week so yeah i'll cool. be honest it's it's pretty minor um i you know Generally speaking, the festival pays the artists each week who perform, and um, and that sort of through funding and various partnerships and initiatives and merch sales and there's all sorts of creative ways that I've been able to pay the artists who perform. Um, so and you know, but the donations are really heartwarming and absolutely you know valued and. Um, Yeah, and it's just really lovely. Like we have regular patrons and regular um, people who support the festival and they're the best. It's just been really lovely. And it's just really, you know, it's just an awesome feeling to be able to have that opportunity for artists to perform um, at this time and be paid for, you know, be paid for their talent and their craft um, when, you know, there aren't, you know, opportunities to perform a few and far between at the moment
0: yeah and i guess um it could be very easy to uh not not to sorry not to be contentious with um the the point i'm making it would be really easy i guess to set up a platform and and um and have it for musicians to be there and i guess pay them in exposure um as, or or the you know the presumption of exposure um as opposed but you're you're paying <laughs> the artists yeah. through these partnership initiatives so i think it's um yeah really really um Honorable and just really, you know, I just as I've looked more and more into, I guess, your your past history and the things you've been involved in and, you know, one quote sort of stuck out to me, which was that, you know, everything you sort of do is under, you know, with the lens of music and sort of, and that's embedded in, I guess, all the sort of the decisions and projects that you would find yourself wrapped up in. But I think the point I wanted to make was that, um, you know, it is appreciated from whether it's the people that you're helping to, create a platform for all people like myself that, you know, we don't know each other apart from me reaching out. But, you know, this is um I guess an important part of uh, my life that I've experienced now. And I think it's um it's nice to sort of see that you're touching so many people with the with implementing this newish project.
1: Uh, that's really lovely. And I, I do think that, that that ties into that, you know, community engagement and just people, you know, if I meet another Bulldog supporter, I immediately have an affinity and an affection. And I think it's similar with music. If you go to a gig, with you know, and you meet someone or you like the same band or you bump into someone and you're, you know, going to the same festival, I feel like you have the same connection and I feel like, yeah, you've yeah. touched on something like that. That's, um, yeah, that's exactly what it's about, about this sense of belonging and community. And, um, yeah, and I, I suppose yeah just to give people a sense of, of what isolate so we've been going now for 18 months or so yep. we've yep. had um, 901 artists and uh, quite a few of those have been doubled up so we've had uh, um, 1046 sets wow. um, had 362 hours and 50 minutes of music <laughs> and and t- tonight actually is our 57th um iteration of the festival so um, yeah so during that time we've really sort of um been able to connect lots of people and we i, I affectionately call the kind of regular isolate viewers isofam and mm-hmm. they're just people that will watch and be there every single week who um yeah who communicate in the in the comments and you know support me send me messages all the time and, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's been incredibly special and I think what you touched on before about me being a musician because everything that I do is sort of musician-led. It's from the lens of me having performed. I've, I know what it's like, you know, i performed on Isolate but I, you know, I, I know what it's like to be on both sides of the industry and so I sort of feel like the fact that it's sort of musician-led um, and musician delivered yeah. kind of is meaningful as well.
0: The practicalities of delivering it, uh, I mean, I can only imagine how many, um, you know, potentially spot fires have sort of crept up, um, you know, with that many sort of, I guess, performances um, during the 18-month duration. Um, is, is there a team to speak of um, in terms of an extensive amount of people, um, whether volunteers or, or staff members, or are you largely coordinating the entire thing?
1: Um, I'm coordinating it but um, and there are no volunteers I absolutely insist on paying everybody that's involved um, since the beginning so I so I've been there since the beginning and Sebby white who does our incredible artwork each week um, yeah huge shout out to sebby because he's just spectacular and each uh, each week the artwork is different and it features something to do with the pandemic so our first ever artwork, Back in 2020 in March was um, a toilet roll and or like a yeah um, to you know obviously a nod to people kind of buying toilet paper um, we had like pasta tins of tomato eggs sanitizer each week that you know puzzles um, gardening people you know iso baking zoom yoga like each week has been really spectacular and he's phenomenal and we have this joke between us that I give him ideas and he knocks them back so um, (laughs) shout out to Sebi for never taking my ideas but um, so he's on board and then I have the incredible Devin Jones who pretty much makes the whole thing tick does all the website stuff um, liaises with the artists um, does the back end kind of everything from like Organizing the worksheets, invoices, grabbing pictures. There's a lot of sort of operational things that happen behind the scenes to actually make it happen. And Devon is that person. Um, and then I sort of employ a digital marketing company who's out in WA who um, schedule our posts and um, organize like the digital assets for each of the artists. And yeah. yeah, on that side, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I, I use a. Um, our golden friend who send out our newsletters each week um that's pretty much it i'm just trying to think of the bills that i pay and
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the realities of running the yeah, realities of running any creative project
1: exactly and then i have a stream team who um due to access reasons i suppose i was um a few people reached out to me who were vision impaired and said that they were really struggling with sort of following the festival and sort of not being able to go from account to account. It was Instagram and now it's TikTok, but they um, were finding it really difficult. And so I kind of, yeah, I was trying to think of various measures that we could implement to make that easier for them, but ultimately just decided to embed the stream into our website. So I have a stream team who manually capture the stream and yeah, and do that and embed it so that um, people can what? just put it on their laptops or their TVs and not have to jump from artist to artist, which has been helpful on that front. And not yet for, for lots of people who were struggling with that.
0: Yeah, oh, I'm glad I asked. It's um, and and obviously we we referenced this um, earlier. You you've you know. Open source, isolating in, in a way, so it's um, less about you and more about the, I guess, the mission or the project. And with a number of people sort of owning it in different ways, whether venues or individual artists, it's um, you know, it's it's taken legs in a number of directions. But it's always important to ask the, um, uh, you know, the operational element in terms of who's driving it, oh, um, and it, it takes a phenomenal amount of work.
1: Yeah, 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 certainly
0: I've still got questions to ask about isolate itself, but um, since you've mentioned it, I'll I'll, um, I'll dive into it. How has it been getting used to a, um, I guess a platform like TikTok as you know isolate's evolved and you've started using that sort of social engagement method?
1: Yeah, so um, the decision to move from Instagram to TikTok was uh, made at the end of twenty twenty, so December twenty twenty. Um, and I suppose it was a tricky decision because people, you know, we've been on Instagram the whole time and it's very accessible and and so many users, so many artists have the platform and so many users um, were used to engaging and watching the festival on Instagram. But when I met with TikTok, um, I suppose they were really forthcoming in their technical support and their sort of, yeah, the back-end um, features and also financially they came on board and were like, we will, you know, give you money so that you can pay artists um, properly and um, and I sort of haven't looked back. They've been so incredibly supportive. I, I never spoke to one, well, I, I actually did actually speak to one Instagram person the whole time we were with them and that was because... Um, they blocked our account because the growers, uh, sorry, the followers were growing so rapidly that we were sort of marked as being a bot or spam. Like they couldn't understand why we were getting tens of thousands of new followers so quickly. And so I went into panic mode. All of a sudden, we couldn't um, yeah. communicate or respond or like or share or do anything at all on our account. So that took weeks to resolve. But um, but beyond that, I was forever trying to reach out to someone um, to just have a conversation about how we might be, you know, able to improve or support artists or anything at all anyway. just never happened. Um, whereas TikTok, um, it's actually an incredible platform for musicians and it's underutilised here in Australia. And um, I guess the main reason being of why it's so valuable and important and useful for artists is that uh, when music is played on the platform, it contributes to streams and therefore it contributes to charts and it's obviously like there's a you know there's a financial gain there too if stream you know mm-hmm. it's it's minor but it all counts um which is why you know when Fleetwood Mac um was put, played on the you know in the background of that that famous guy when yeah. his car broke down you know drinking the cranberry juice you know all of a sudden Fleetwood Mac are back in the charts for that very reason because the clip goes viral. So, you know, TikTok's incredibly valuable and useful and, you know, there are so many stories of artists kind of gaining crazy numbers of TikTok followers and it actually translates into sales, into ticket, you know, shows selling out. Um, And so what TikTok do for for Isolate is that they... um, they push the live streams of the artists into people's for you feeds and so um, so there's this you know tangible back-end support where um uh yeah where an artist will be performing and there's just you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands and thousands of people who are coming into the stream and you know the discoverability is wild and you know and then the follower count in, increases so you know what we were talking about before when you mentioned you know that we're we are actually paying artists but um you know there is that exposure element too which in some ways is even more valuable than than the money in in some ways so yeah I really, yeah. yeah i'm thrilled that we've moved to TikTok. and sometimes i feel like i'm i get a bit preachy and i sound like i work for TikTok or that I'm, you know, some evangelist, but I actually can't sort of um, emphasise enough how, you know, how important it can be for people, for musicians to be on TikTok, even though there's this particular stigma that it's just for young people and it is actually, yeah, it's just vast. The numbers on, on the platform are just enormous and there's a community for everything. Like if you, you know, if you knit or if you grow potatoes or, You car mechanic you know anything at all that you're interested in there's a community for it on tiktok i will stop preaching now
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I, i i guess i'm surprised that um you know you you're on other platforms and um that you've never really had any um you know personal engagement with with them even though you're sort of generating users for their um for their platform but um I guess, you know, people were scared of other social media platforms in the past. And really, it's, um, you know, if you follow the trends, it's highly likely to only grow and grow and grow. But I think it's really cool that you've had some, um, you know, direct, uh, you know, direct support, obviously, through through utilizing this new channel. And whilst I, I might have presumed it might have been relatively scary in some ways, sort of adopting a new platform, um, it's great to see that it's delivering on, I guess, you know, the the um the mission you set out to achieve
1: yeah i really think so it's it's still absolutely artist first and you know i won't um you know deny that it has changed the festival and you know i'm 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 completely confident that some viewers have dropped off and we've gained new ones and you know there are absolutely people that don't have tiktok and don't want it um but i think overall you know being sort of artist focused it's been nothing but positive
0: yeah, well let let's go from that collab into another one. So heaps normal, um, Andy Miller from Heaps Normal was um also on this podcast and, and has been involved in a, a bunch of other initiatives um around as they sort of grow and scale. But you you had a a nice um collaboration pretty recently. Why did I say nice? <laughs> it's great. I I don't know why nice was the word I chose. You but anyway. Um, so
1: nice. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I should heaps nice I should have said heaps nice. um so what was the collaboration um between yourselves and how did that eventuate
1: oh my god I just need a full minute or two to talk about Andy Miller I just is there a better human being on the planet I just like I lovely guy. yeah I lovely. just I feel like there should be 25 hours in the day just so one hour can be dedicated to just talking about how awesome Andy is but um And he actually reached out to me super, super early on in Isolate's journey. I should actually look back and see when that was. But he just basically reached out and said, I love what you're doing. Is there anything I can do to help? Like, do you need any assistance whatsoever? This was, you know, pre-heaps, normal pre, you know. And I was just so overwhelmed like a little hamster in a wheel, just trying to make sense of like setting up a small business and email accounts and registering business names and you know this weekly cycle. Like who sets up a weekly festival? Absolutely insane person. Yeah. So I was so busy that I couldn't even work out how he could help, even though I knew that this was like the nicest man on the planet. Um, so over the journey, he's just kept in touch, and obviously, um, yeah, heaps. Normal is an incredible business, and they're doing so well, and. You know i have no doubt that anything andy does will succeed because he's just so brilliant but um yeah so this particular initiative he just reached out and and said that he wanted to collaborate on um you know a non-alcoholic beer um a hazy ipa and did and and you know basically the proceeds would be donated to the festival and was i interested in collaborating and you know, it could be branded with you know by Sebi, our incredible artist, and mm. you know it was and it was kind of a no-brainer. So this he set up this collaboration between um, Heaps Normal, Isolade, and Black Arts and Sparrows, who you know distributed mm. and and sold the non-alcoholic beer. So it became Isolade Haze, and um, it was just the most generous, lovely. Wonderful, like the heaps of normal team in general are so awesome. We went out to the brewery at Brick Lane and watched it being produced and bottled, and um, they just, you know, in, included us and involved uh, in, involved us in every part and every step, and you know, managed to raise four thousand dollars for the festival. So, um, just an incredible experience. There are things like that that have just happened in the last eighteen months to me that I just. Yeah, I, I kind of pinch myself and wonder if I'm asleep or dead or <laughs> what is happening because they're just so surreal and so lovely and I think like yeah, I think any sort of moments of, of sadness or doubt or kind of fatigue or any of those things that I experience in any in, at any time um I just uh yeah, I just think about those those moments. Someone's knocking at my door. I think um
0: Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) So I think it's really cool that you've been involved in this. I mean, even for your personal experience, you know, the accumulation of, you know, moments in life and, and that, like, you've been involved, you know, by way of, you know, this association with, you know, creating a beer, a non-alcoholic beer. Like, it's, it's pretty great. Like, it's, you know, it's an, you know, when you set about creating this project, it's an unintended, you know, benefit or awesome pinch me moment. Um, you know, as a result of it, you know, a thing that's sort of eventuated out of that. I know you've got, like, a full merch store. Um, and you, you inevitably would have seen people rolling around in um, the T-shirts or the hoodies that you've created or, 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 you know, put into the world. But, you know, to sort of um, have a non-alcoholic beer created in your project's yeah. name is um, pretty awesome.
1: Totally. And 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 more than that, like, they're just, you know, we have some of our merch displayed in the Immigration Museum. Um, our digital assets are also uh, archived in the Museum in Victoria. Um yeah, I feel like yeah, there are just some you know we've we've won multiple awards. Um, yeah, we won a J Award last year. Um, yeah, we, yeah, there are just so many um, unexpected, uh, you know, wonderfully unexpected things that have have arisen from this festival, and each sort of step of the journey has led to to you know more twists and turns and incredible kind of fortuitous experiences and you know it's funny because some people who you know who don't know me and don't know my background think that it kind of just appeared and um (laughs) you know and but actually you know it's you know I've worked in the industry for about 20 years and I often think to myself that Isolate was kind of the culmination of, of all of my experiences I've you know I've managed bands I've booked venues I've tour managed I've done publicity I've Um, you know, I've taught, I've, I've done all, you know, I've done radio, I've, um, done, you know, so many different things in the, in the industry. And so actually isolate has been this incredible culmination of all of these experiences and, and led to this particular point. And I'm not sure that I would have been able to do to, you know, to create this without sort of some of the, some of those steps or experiences.
0: It's ironic, isn't it? It's almost like, um, as you express that, because I, I did, I had prepped you before this chat and I was like, oh, you know, here's a few points to discuss and, you know, might dive into this aspect and that. But, you know, seeing it's hearing you summarize it like that and it's, um, ironically, it sort of almost seems like fate. <laughs> you know, a lot of things will come together. Having said that, um, it's not quite the fateful experience or, or reason for it coming to being that, you know, is is the right thing. Um, but, but I just find it sort of nice that, You've you've um had this idea in mind, and then through this collective hive mind network, you you've got you can problem solve all the aspects that you need to, and then build it from there.
1: Totally, a- absolutely, that's exactly right. And just all the connections and the contacts that I've made throughout the many years in the various areas of the industry, I've sort of reached out to lots and lots of people. Like even though there is the small, isolated team, like it is really presented by the Australian music community because the support has been unbelievably, you know, warm and welcoming and, you know, and emphatic.
0: Yeah. I I promised um, I wasn't going to ask you about, you know, your, a favourite artist that's been a part of it or anything. I feel like it might, um, it, you know, put you in a difficult spot. We've talked about a few artists that have been part of it, but was there any particular, um, I guess, um yeah, y- I want... I wanted mm. to sort of ask in regards to, you know, particular maybe moments where it started to, you started to see momentum really build for Isolate or, or it sort of elevated to another um, yeah another level in terms of what you're intending. Yeah. And not, well, suppose- not necessarily by status of the artist, but I guess by all the pieces coming together.
1: Yeah. Well, I suppose the thing that set Isolade apart, you know, from the other digital or streaming initiatives that started to pop up was the um, the kind of unexpected nature of being invited into musicians' homes and studios. So because very, you know, early on there was still confusion and doubt and disbelief, I suppose, about the pandemic and so part of the messaging was really just to stay home and so the artists were performing from their homes and so there was this sort of lovely engagement whereby you, you were invited into people's spaces and you know you got to see their kids or their dogs or their lounge rooms or or you know some musicians played in bathrooms or in bed um and so um I think that 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 unexpected element that you know you'd be watching an artist play for 20 minutes and then you know they'd tag team to the next act and you'd never really know where they were going to be what they were you know what their setup was going to be like like Um, one thing I've learned is that musicians love Uh, indoor plants and fairy lights (laughs) there were lots and lots (laughs) of (laughs) plants and fairy lights and and people's dogs um you know lots of hashtags started to emerge like dogs of isolate and indoor plants of isolate and um which was really lovely but I think just the momentum sort of it like it was immense from the get-go because the media sort of um jumped onto it straight away I think people were just really hungry for good news stories because everything was so bleak and dire particularly for the arts community so um so the coverage was pretty vast and you know a lot of that early time you know I spent doing interviews as you know as well as booking 72 artists for each week I was you know scrambling to do interviews and you know there was tv appearances and um you know name it it was it was all happening so I think that 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 um you know there wasn't sort of a peak moment where it was all um happening or, or taking off at any any given point but I think it's just been steady each week since then I think um I think just the interest and the and I guess sort of the, the Because each week, obviously, the lineup changes and so there's a new audience that's brought in by the new performers. Um, And even though, you know, the tagline is that it's presented by the Australian music community, it was really global as well. I was reaching out to lots of international um, labels and artists and communities to, you know, because, you know, all of a sudden we're all in exactly the same position, borders are closed, like there's no international touring. And so it was just a way for, you know, similarly for artists to connect with, you know, with new audiences and with existing fans. And so it's just been this kind of steady, steady stream of literal stream of um, of support, I think. Uh,
0: it's awesome to, you know, hear the pride you have um, for it in what you've, you and the team of collaborators have set in effect, and yeah, you should be super proud it's um it's amazing look we're, we're getting towards the end of the chat i mean it's you know these things always rocket along really fast, and yeah you know, I could probably dive in much deeper, but I'll make sure to put a bunch of show notes for for um things that you've referenced um in there so people can investigate a bit further but look I uh, just you know in a super simple sort of segue. Out of the conversation, what's next for Isolate? Like, what um, what's what current initiatives are in place, or new things do you have on the horizon to to see the sh- well to see the project extend and grow new legs?
1: Um, so currently we are partnering with Ninety Nine Designs by VistaPrint, who are a global design um, company, and that's just a really lovely initiative. So basically, we're partnering. Um, we're pairing musicians with designers and so if artists need, because it's something that's often sort of overlooked by musicians, or not overlooked, but it's not something that, um, you know, necessarily comes to the, you know, it's not at the forefront of of a project necessarily, but so the designers can um, design and print because it's a printing company, sort of merch or tour posters or record. Artwork, any sort of design needs that an artist might have. So we're pairing twenty-five artists with designers, which has been really exciting. And then they've also given us ten thousand dollars. So um, at the end of the initiative, at the end of October, we're going to announce sort of one recipient of of that incredible, incredibly generous, um, you know, amount of money to to help an artist to kind of progress their career, which is kind of mind blowing. Again, like yeah. just. Just being able to, you know, give that tangible support to artists, you know, as well as the, um, you know, the back end support from TikTok and the money to perform. And, you know, it's just like, it's just a bit of a dream. I think maybe I'm dreaming.
0: I know, I know. I, like, obviously, there's an element of bemusement um, in it, but it's no. I, again, uh, you know, all kudos to you. like, it's just, um, yeah, incredible initiative. And I'm, you know, I'm quite fortunate to be speaking to you at this point in time because you know, this is 18 months that it's been in a, in effect. So it's it's really nice to dis- discuss it with you at this point in time after the sort of initial hectic um, time when bloody Andy Miller's just you know pinging and non nonstop asking about collaborations. <laughs>
1: Bloody Andy Miller. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, Em, I, I really appreciate your time. I know um, it's dispersed um, thinly across many things, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm really appreciative of you explaining the project, you know, some of the things that are on the way and also, you know, expressing, um, you know, some of the sentiments around the, you know, creative and music industries. It's much appreciated.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I should also mention that when you initially reached out to me, you mentioned Andy Miller's name, but you also mentioned my cousin Gavin's name and gavin Appel, gavin Appel, my two favorite people andy miller and gavin appell i was like i am doing whatever this man wants me to do so gaz um <laughs> yeah that like you literally mentioned my favorite human beings
0: in your email is gavin, so. is gavin a nice guy is he
1: oh beyond to the moon and back no matter what other people will tell you <laughs> no, he's the best i'm very very lucky very lucky my family is just yeah the best
0: it's- just so he knows, I'm I'm totally joking. Um, but anyway, I'm glad I reached out and I'm glad we had some mutual acquaintances. I think there's a fair bunch more. But um, Em, have a you know fantastic time and uh, look forward to catching up with you in person pretty soon. But Thanks until then, uh, go dogs. Woof woof. <laughs> they said. Well, that was my chat with Emily Ullman. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you uh, learned plenty about, I guess, some of the inner workings of Isolate and it was fantastic to have her involved. So um, I really enjoyed it and someone that I didn't quite know quite as well. Um, It was just really awesome, I think, to be able to lock her in and um, and hear it from her perspective. So I'm chuffed. Um, So Emily, you can find her on Instagram at Millie Lala and Isolate is at Isolade Festival across the socials, and in particular TikTok, which we talked about extensively. What a chat. So, Emily, thank you for joining me and all of you for tuning in. Catch you on the next one.